Kia ora and welcome to Jules from NZ, a weekly podcast chocker with all things Aotearoa New Zealand and some about me, Jules. Cheer. Kia ora, tēnā koutou katoa. Hello and welcome back to all of you to Jules from NZ. Kei te pehea koutou. How are all of you? I'm back at work and I couldn't be happier to say that actually. <laughs> Um, I also had my first day in a long time traveling up the country and I honestly was the happiest I've been in a long time. It felt like a big thing and as I was driving I decided it was about time that I tell you about our big things in celebration. So our topic today is Aotearoa New Zealand's Big things. Treasures from the vault. I love Aotearoa New Zealand. It'd be pretty silly if I was doing this podcast if I didn't. It is so beautiful, so welcoming, and so silly. I'm going to tell you about one of my favourite silliness that is on display for you as you travel the country, showing our Kiwi humour and pride in a way that you don't even have to get out of the car to see, although you always should. Aotearoa is full of what we colloquially refer to as big things. Monuments of celebration and pride that mark our towns. Towering statues of what we're known for. And no, I'm not actually talking about towering buildings. Nope, I'm referring to some serious but mostly silly artwork from some enormous dreamers. It's a little hard to describe what I mean when I refer to them as a group, but they have come to be known as big things. They feature in most travel guides of our country too, so even if you don't believe me about some of them um, individually or the whole group, you think I'm making the whole thing up, you can totally, after you've stopped listening, get off and go Google them for yourself. If you're interested, maybe I could put out a photo gallery of them or like a map highlighting where they all are or something. Let me know if you'd be keen for that. Or maybe I'll do that as a Patreon extra because I love my gems so much. Anyway, I'm off topic already. Look, I'm off topic already. I've barely started. Anyway, despite researching all over the internet, some of the below monuments just haven't got information on like when they were erected or how big they actually are. So I kind of know I'm bothered to size them save the information on why and who and when and it's all lost to history i'd seriously be interested in finding out more one day and i wonder if anybody's thought to do it before me there's bound it's bound to be someone anyway i'm going to tell you about our big things in no particular order until i get to my top three which i'm going to save to the end my top three big things so here we go we're going to start with one of the more recent ones, um, a big sausage on a fork. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's a three meter long, which is 10 foot long sausage that sits on like the tines of a fork. Uh, that's found in Tuatapere, uh, and it was erected in 2015, actually installed by a radio station after this small town won a radio competition to find out which small town deserved their own monument, um, and they have a sausage-making factory there in Tuatapere, um, and they won. 
So it is now New Zealand's sausage town. So that's kind of cool. Um, the big carrot, however, is one of the older. Um, the big carrot can be found in Awakuni. It was erected in 1984. Um, it actually started life as a prop for a TV bank ad in the 80s, um, but ended up being celebrating the town's pride in growing about two-thirds of the North Island's carrot crops. So it stands... 7.5 meters high um, it definitely looks a little phallic and I don't know if that contributes towards this but it is also one of New Zealand's most hugged monuments so you can stop in Awakuni yourself and give the big carrot a big hug um, other food we also have a big bread in Manaya. Um, this one I couldn't find much about when and um, how big and stuff it is, but I know why it's there. They're actually a thriving baking industry that hit its, you know, peak and stuff in 2009. And Yarrow's uh, is the main company that works out of Manaya. Um, they were supplying worldwide back now, then in 2009, and now they're still ticking. They actually supply all of the Subway franchise bread for New Zealand, as well as parts of Australia, Asia, and the Middle East. So there you go. Supplying Subway from Manaya with its giant big bread, big thing. Actually, Yarrow sponsors the local rugby team stadium as well, and they used to, back in the day, shoot loaves of bread into the crowd at half time, which is just crazy to me. Anyway, so we'll move on to a big bicycle. Um, this one here got installed in Taupo in 2012. It's about three meters high um, and it was actually installed to raise cyclists awareness near the site of the famous 160 kilometers round the lake cycle challenge. It's incredibly beautiful and fairly famous. So um, interestingly enough though the uh, cycle is quite often climbed and quite difficult to climb so it causes a lot of bruises as you're trying to do it and a lot of people honk at it like get off the road cyclist as they're driving past because you know we think we're hilarious don't we. So yeah big bicycle. The big apple it's not necessarily only in New York. Uh, the Big Apple actually is in Waitomo. And it is a giant apple with a bite taken out of it. It's actually the logo of the Big Apple Cafe, which is near the Waitomo Caves, the glowworm caves. I feel like somebody's called in recently about how they went to them and they were beautiful and stuff. It's a really popular tourist attraction seriously amazing glowworms and caving and stuff to do there so um the big apple cafe is like your stop for food um when you go there and you can't miss it really there's also a big takahe in tianao um takahe is a, a native bird actually once thought to be extinct the native takahe's numbers are estimated to be about less than 200 living in the wild and huge efforts have been taken to protect the takahe from predators and to emphasize their significance Tianao has built a giant takahe near the lakefront so that's about 2.2 meters high you can go get a photo with a giant one big salmon um is in 
Rakaya. Uh, yep, Rakaya. Um, yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not a massive fan of salmon. I like salmon and cream cheese on crackers, but the salmon is pretty serious with its big old gapy mouth and its flappy fins. So in Rakaya, it stands 12 meters tall. That's 39 foot tall. Um, why? Well, they've announced themselves as the salmon capital of New Zealand. And I don't really know where anywhere else that protests that, so they've got it. Um, in Otorohonga, uh, they have a big kiwi. Actually, the, theirs makes a little more sense to me. They had the first breeding house for kiwis there in 1971, and it's still actually there. You could actually go see a real kiwi there. And to celebrate the breeding houses, they put a kiwi at each entrance to the town. And then after they did that, they decided to kind of like really commit to it. And now it's New Zealand's Kiwiana capital. What we mean by Kiwiana is all those little things that um, are culturally kind of relevant to New Zealand that you don't really see elsewhere. Things like some things I've already talked to you about, like Marmite and Pavlova, um, and some things I haven't, like Buzzy Bees, which are little um, wooden toys for kids. Um, and many, many more things that I'm excited to talk to you about. They kind of highlight that it's all this different kitsch Kiwi culture. And you can see all of the examples of the Kiwi culture as you take a stroll down the Edmund Hillary Walkway. Another person I've already talked to you about. We're very proud here in New Zealand. It's kind of a running thing. Um, but actually, Otorohonga hasn't got the only big Kiwi. Ikatahuna has a big kiwi too, a fiberglass over a steel frame, unlike the, you know, sort of more corrugated iron of um, Otorohanga. Um, their one had to be moved, actually, because people were pulling over on a state highway for selfies with this giant kiwi and became a bit of a serious risk for causing accidents. So they cut off its feet, carried the body of it on a truck, and then unamputated um, now it's in a more photogenic and safe and actually town central location they hope that putting it closer to the town will encourage people to stop and still take photos but actually also enjoy the town um, while they're getting their photos so hopefully it works for them something a little different a big donut yep you wouldn't really think that New Zealand would be huge on donuts and actually well it wasn't really us it was kind of America um it was actually gifted to us originally by 20th Century Fox can you guess why yeah probably did uh it's the 2007 promo stunt for the Simpsons movie now where do you think that would be yep in Springfield uh-huh Springfield Yep, Springfield now has a donut. Uh, and it looks exactly like the donut you're thinking of. Um, and it was actually burnt down by someone who wasn't a massive Simpsons fan, I guess. Um, they painted a tire pink for a while and put that up instead with the sign next to the sign, which is kind of hilarious to me. And then they made, um, they only did that while they were making a more permanent concrete version of it. So it is now unburned downable. It stands about 3.5 meters or 11 foot high. Um, and it is one seriously photographed donut. It even has its own little set of stairs so that you can climb up and poke your head through the middle of the hole. Yep, that's a thing. 
Um, we have a big power in uh, Riverton, which is four meters high. Um, power is um, a shell, like a seashell. Um, uh, it, um, you know, it's, it's, it's like an oyster or a mussel or whatever, but the inside of the shell is um, like a tearly aqua blue mixed with all sorts of different colors of blue and purple and pink and stuff. And it's beautiful, it's, it's stunning. Um, power is and um, we have a big power in Riverton because there's actually a power souvenir factory um, situated there and they sort of made it to point people towards the souvenir factory and it is just as beautiful as um, a single shell is because it's made of all sorts of bits of power so it's incredible yeah um, speaking of the water we also have a big surfer in Colic Bay uh, because that's where the big surf is um, and it's made of fiberglass wood and steel and it's exactly what you would think of it's a person on a surfboard surfing a big giant wave so they also have a fairly impressive South Park themed bus shelter why no idea just thought I'd mention it while we're in Colic Bay um, <laughs> we also have a big bottle um, big Bottle in Pyroa, and those of you who are even vaguely familiar with New Zealand um, culture may recognise the P in LNP, Lemon and Pyroa. LNP was actually made in Pyroa, obviously, um, so the bottle is celebrating the town pride. Started life as a rocket, though, in a Santa parade, but was repurposed to be its tall self today. It's one of the first big New Zealands of the country being made in 1967 and definitely one of the taller at seven metres high and absolutely one of the best known. You've got the big Shearer uh, in Tekawiri. Uh, this stands about six metres high. It's actually a giant concrete statue of a Kiwi bloke shearing a sheep. Yep. And, you know, we're, we're big on sheep here in New Zealand, but, but why particularly this? Um, well, that's where the, the golden chairs is, the, uh, the, the shearing competition. Um, and actually, Sir David Fagan, a Te Kiwiri native, has won the golden chairs 15 times, the New Zealand Open six times, the World Championship five times and the team world championship six times so Tikawiri take their sharing pretty seriously you've also got a big uh, cow in Morrinsville this one was only made recent more recently in 2017 he stands about 6.5 meters high and weighs about 3,500 kgs and the Morrinsville mega cow is only one of 45 cow statues scattered around this Waikato town. The main street of Morrinsville is littered with cows, left, right and centre. And although the other 44 are life-sized, they're all decorated in a huge range of styles representing our very important dairy industry. That's not the only cow though either. Um, there is also a big cow and calf in Tepoi Matamata and the only thing I could really find about this is they made it um, outside this Tepoi um, 
cafe not far from Hobbiton as just a homage to striving farming industry and probably just a place for people to take photos of themselves with a giant cow. Um, of course, with other cows and other sheep, we, th- there was always going to be another one. Um, there is a big sheep, ram and sheepdog in Terrell. Um, they're actually giant buildings made to look like a sheep, a ram and a sheep dog. The dog actually operates as the information center for the town and the sheep and the ram combined to be like a wool outlet store with some seriously soft goods to purchase. Uh, they are pretty impressive looking buildings all made of like a corrugated iron you'll hear a lot of these buildings made of corrugated iron it's kind of very a rural um, building material and we've sort of used it and still in it to do a lot with yeah um going back to some fruit for a second i want to tell you about the big fruit in cromwell um it's kind of described as a gigantic fruit bowl it features a large pear, a large apple, a large peach, and a large nectarine as a nod to the region's serious growing of stone fruit. Um, Lonely Planet called it ugly, but the region just really doesn't care. Um, they're so in love with their 13 meter high, it's 43 foot high, um, installation that was put there in 1989 that they actually have plans for one day in the future adding grapes and a wine bottle to the installation um, and there was rumors I don't know how true this is but there was rumors that they were going to put a tap on the wine bottle and so that you could like I don't know like pay to get a a sample of like the, the local wine which I would love to see one day I just think that would be a hilarious addition to the Cromwell's big fruit yeah and I'm not finished yet we're still going by the way okay I want to talk to you about one that I'm not a massive fan of um, I think it's really clever um, and I think it's um, probably one of the more famous um things that we have in New Zealand but not everybody would know that it's from New Zealand and that is the big spider. Specifically this is in Avondale and it is about an Avondale spider. Now if anybody is a fan of the movie Arachnophobia and actually researched that in any kind of way you'll know that the little spiders that they used in that movie, the ones that are all over the sinks and climbing out of the popcorn and all of that kind of stuff, they are Avondale spiders, specifically taken from New Zealand um, for that movie. And interestingly, not brought back to New Zealand because of like, you know, um, like import and stuff regulations and yeah, they didn't want to bring them back. So they're just, you know, over there somewhere. I hope you didn't lose any because I tell you what, they breed like crazy. They weren't even um, native to New Zealand. We actually accidentally bought them over on imported goods as stowaways from Australia. They're a version of an Aussie huntsman. Um, but they took a liking to the place, they bred like crazy, and they are all over um, Avalon and a couple of other suburbs up that way. I think New Lynn and stuff. But that's why they're called the, um, oh, sorry, Avondale. That's why they're called the Avondale spider, because they're very local to that suburb, um, which freaks me out and they move really fast and they jump like crazy things and they grow to like bigger than your hand kind of width they're not actually poisonous though so they really shouldn't freak you out as much as they do 
but they just they just it's the way they move man Ugh. anyway um there's the big prawn onto something much better big prawn in taupo um the big prawn's kind of a tourism trap like the statue is not amazing and it's very much highlighting to visitors that they're in a prawn park with a prawn statue in the prawn park you can actually go on guided tours of the park play on the water before eating some of the very prawns that you were looking at previously could be a fun day out i guess it depends on how much of a prawn fan you actually are uh there is the big oyster catcher um, an oyster catcher is actually a shore bird a seabird um, and that's in Kaiawa 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 I didn't research that at all can you tell Kaiawa anyway it's a giant seabird about 3.5 meters high and it was installed in 2005 to represent the shorebirds of the seabird coast they've identified themselves as Another fruit, we're going on to another fruit. We've got the big kiwi fruit. Um, and no surprisingly to anybody in New Zealand, it's in Tipuki. Tipuki is where pretty much most of the kiwi fruit um, orchards are. And um, this big kiwi fruit is a giant slice of kiwi fruit, green on one side and yellow on the other. And do you know what? I couldn't find anywhere how high it is, but it must be the highest one we have. It's monstrous and it's impossible to miss it actually is um, originally pitched to bring attention to the kiwi fruit orchard tours for local tourist attraction kiwi 360 and there's actually a metal internal stairwell that leads to the top of it and the views are pretty pretty cool from up there so yep definitely go check that out uh, speaking of views you've also got the big clock now the big clock is also one of our older ones. It's in Alexandra. In 1968 it was put in and it is 11 meters wide and you know like a clock face on a hillside. It's illuminated as well and to get to it you have to cross a wooden suspension bridge named Shaky Bridge for very good reason and then take a short walk up the hill. It'll get you a good look at this incredible awesome clock as well as when you turn around the incredible views of Alexandra like stunning scenery so definitely worth a look there's the big jersey uh, this one's in Geraldine uh, you will not be able to wear it um, it's a five meter jersey from wrist to wrist two meters high and weighs about 5.5 kg it's actually knitted by the knitwear store owner who now hangs it proudly in their store after it won a Guinness Book record for being the biggest jersey knitted. That's nuts. I mean, like, nuts. Anyway, there's also a big Kumara. You may have heard me talk about Kumara before on the show. That's in Dargaville. Um, it's not really a massive one because it's outside, again, it's kind of like the the prawn it's outside the Kumara box which is a um, tourist attraction all about the sweet potato and you can kind of go through see how they grow it pick it process it all of that kind of stuff but there is a giant Kumara there technically that you can go hug and take a photo with if you really love Kumara um I'm going to talk to you a bit about some big signs um and what I mean by that is think Hollywood and then we did it worse. So the first one I want to talk to you about is in Mosgiel. 
Mosgiel actually did model themselves on the famous Hollywood sign. Uh, these seven letters of Mosgiel perch on the hillside close to State Highway 1. And because of the sign, locals sometimes jokingly refer to Mosgiel as Mollywood, but not really. There's not, got, there's not a lot going on in Mosgiel. In fact, they actually did it to draw attention to the town um, because the Rotary Club kind of agreed that it was a, a good idea. Um, they started building it in 1987 and it was finally finished um, like about six months later. And then it was lit up by the mayor um, and it cost about 11000 to construct because it's an 18 metre long sign with each letter about three metres high. So that's theirs. Um, Wellington, hilariously, I could find less about. So Wellington actually was going to put up a Wellywood sign, kind of in recognition of the fact that, you know, like it's, we're home of Weta Workshop, Peter Jackson, and all of these things, and very much Lord of the Rings is very focal here. And, and before the premiere and stuff, we were going to put up a sign that was like Wellywood to kind of, you know, make a joke about all of that. But uh, it was met with some pretty serious backlash here in um, Wellington. We called it Lord, we called Peter Jackson and his idea to do that Lord of the Cringe for a while, um, which was kind of hilarious. So luckily they listened and they let um, smarter people submit ideas. Wellington got to vote on what they wanted. And we voted on um, Wellington Blown Away was the name of the installation, basically where the name was Wellington, but the last few letters of Wellington were kind of blowing away in recognition of the fact that our wind is pretty serious and the sign looks like it's blowing away. Unlike the 11,000 of Mosgiel, ours cost 80,000 to install and had some pretty serious consent regulations being that it was near an airport, meaning that it could not be lit up at night and those kind of things. So that was erected in 2012. In the end, after some, you know, conversations. Okay, so it's been 26 minutes and I'm still going. Okay, so now I want to talk to you about the Big Lobster. Um, the Big Lobster is in Kaikoura, installed in 1994. It is a 6-metre giant crayfish, or also referred to as rock lobster. It's actually attached to the side of the Lobster Inn, and the lobster reached New Zealand icon status in 1998 because it ended up featuring on a New Zealand post stamp issue like celebrating town icons, the same set of 10 stamps that also featured the Awakuni giant carrot, which tells you about, you know, the heights that this this big lobster reached, really. Um, in 2019, it was actually painted black with a silver fern for the Rugby World Cup, so... What a change for that orange rock lobster. Then there's the big five Clydesdales in Clinton. Um, the five concrete Clydesdale horses that you can ride. Two of them are pulling a wagon um, surrounded by like farming equipment, basically. These were created by David Mackey. Um, and he was actually given like a Queen's Award for service for the town, one, this being one of the things that he did to try and 
you know, draw attention to this very little kind of country rural town. These powerful workhorses were crucial in rural New Zealand life and that's sort of why um, he decided to do these. Clinton is actually often referred to as a three-horse town but with five horses. And I think that's a pretty good example of the typical dry but making fun of ourselves Kiwi humour. Speaking of dry, the town was actually dry between 1894 and 1956 when alcohol sales resumed in town. That's insane. Can you even imagine not having alcohol? Jeepers creepers. Anyway, let's keep going through this list because I have not finished yet. We've got the big sandfly in Pukekura. Uh, this larger-than-life model of a female sandfly hangs above the cafe at Pukekura. Um, the region's notorious for sandflies because the bush, heavy rainfall, rushing streams, it's pretty much an ideal habitat for sandflies. But the Puki pub, where it's hanging over the top, is also worth a visit for its possum pie. Quintessential Kiwi fare. Get yourself a good selfie and a good possum pie at the same time. Our next one is a big trout in Gore. Uh, it was installed in 1989 um, because apparently Gore is the brown trout fishing capital of the world. Self-declared. I don't know anybody who's trying to argue for it, um, but possibly they'd win. So maybe just have a competition with that one. Um, but more interestingly, because I have nothing to say about trouts because I don't fish, um, Gore actually has two big guitars also which were installed well the first one was installed in 1988 um, which is a 7.5 meter high golden guitar um, why because apparently Gore is New Zealand's capital of country music so this first golden guitar was made yep 1988 was actually displayed for a few years but because it was wooden it was then stored for many years before being bought out and being displayed again in 2016 as it made its way to its permanent home in the country music club rooms the second statue is a more kind of sleek gray stone pillar more sort of able to withstand the elements with a giant sort of guitar shaped cutout in the middle of the stone pillar with strings and a silver flat globe and it also has a plaque on it naming Gore as New Zealand's capital of country music and that was installed in 1999 so why are they so guitar mad why do they think they're the capital of country music you know well every year Gore hosts the New Zealand gold guitar awards it has for over 40 years now the event itself attracts artists from all over the world and continues to grow in popularity you know the gore community are fierce country music advocates do not get them started and because of all of that this one was a very close call for my favorite top three uh, but now drum roll please for my top three Okay, in place number three, it would be the big gumboot. The big gumboot is in Thai Happy. Uh, it's a giant gumboot um, made of corrugated iron that is painted in patches, kind of so it looks like a colourful quilt. It had a very uniquely New Zealand way of coming into being. 
you know, like a New Zealand is a small place sometimes, meaning that right time and right place really can happen. And in 1997, Jeff Thompson had a chance meeting with Thai Happy's brown sugar owners, Lee and Charlotte, resulting in sketches on a serviette of a thrown gumboot being passed on to the Gumboot Country Promotions coordinator, Jan Byford. And in 2000, it was completed, changing the town forever. But actually, the gumboot didn't come first. Where did this you know, gumboot sketch, why is there a gumboot country promotions coordinator in the first place? I'll tell you why. First came a character called Fred Dagg, brought to life by comedian John Clark. If you've been listening to me for a while, you would have heard snippets of the, the, the gumboot song, or I've talked about the gumboot song um, before. He is from Tai Happy. So the town was actually looking for ways to capitalise on all the traffic that drives through Tai Happy because generally speaking people drive through and don't stop. And when they were throwing things around and they were talking about Fred Dagg and he's their famous person, um, they decided that Gumboot Day was a thing that they could do. So on Tuesday 9th of April 1985, the very first Gumboot Day was held at Gumboot Park. Um, at the northern entrance to the town, consisting of gumboot throwing, gumboot races, Fred Dagg lookalikes, decorated gumboots, and hilarious shop window displays. It still happens every year where the people attempting to break the record for gumboot throwing and other hilarious gumboot activities. And so it was after that that the famous gumboot was actually installed. And it has the bonus of um, involving uh, the owners of my absolute favorite road trip stops ever, the Brown Sugar Cafe. So if you're ever driving through, take two stops, one for the cafe and one to get a selfie with the big gumboot. Number two is a big sculpture. It's in Kaipara. Um, it's called the Horizon Sculpture. Technically not a town marker, but one of my favourite art pieces seen while travelling the country, regardless, because it's some crazy photos. Um, Dawson's Horizons is one of the earliest sculptures to ever be commissioned for the um, sort of New Zealand famous Gibst Farm. So sitting, it's kind of on one of the highest points of his property and it's one of the few works on his property that can actually be seen from the road. Um, it looks like a piece of paper has fallen from the sky and sort of is perching on the hill ready to lift off again when the wind catches it. It's, it's perfectly framed but it's actually only a metal frame which you can actually see the sky through. Sort of messes with your mind and provides extraordinary pictures. So Alan Gibbs, he's like one of New Zealand's wealthiest businessmen, owns um, a private art park known as Gibbs Farm, and it's open to the public by appointment. Um, it, it features incredible variety of massive sculptures by some of the world's most famous artists. Like It now features over 22 artists from around the world, and each of the sculptures are sort of He's always looking to, to people who can incorporate the really unique landscape of Gibbs Farm into the work and it often works with the landscape instead of against and there, there's some incredible pieces. I just think you should just go Google 
Gibbs Farm, uh, New Zealand, and just see for yourself what some of these pieces look like. They're massive and just stunning. Um, and despite the fact that they are stunning, that's still not my top. Nope. Uh, and people in New Zealand are probably stunned by this, but you shouldn't be because they've been waiting this whole list for the big bull. Yep, the big bull. It's my top. It's my favorite. It's uh, found in bulls and um, it is a giant wooden bull on wheels um, that stands about four meters high. And actually, it's not the only bull in bulls. Um, there's actually several large bulls at relevant entrances to town and by public toilets, uh, by the petrol station, just so that people can kind of get that perfect selfie of them leaning on or riding or whatever a bull. It is a farming and agricultural town. Um, but you're screaming at me, why? Why is the bull your favorite? You know, it's not just the bull. It's bulls. There's a bit of a joke in that um, in and around bulls, that that bulls revels in jokes. Um, they say that New Zealand gets all of its milk from bulls, um, which is not technically wrong. Like, we don't get all of our milk from bulls, but we do get quite a lot of our milk from bulls, and that already kind of refers to where we're going with the jokes. They describe themselves proudly as the punniest place on earth. A town like no other. They have signs all over town reinforcing that. Like the library being readable, the town hall being sociable, and even the local police station is in on it, telling everybody with a sign outside them that this is where you can find the constable. Uh, even their town's sister city is cows in England, and they are in on the joke. So knowing that, how could you not love everything about bulls? And why would you not put bulls on the top of your list? So, at 37 minutes, writing out all of our big things in New Zealand, I think it's time to wrap this thing up. So, a personal thank yous to my gems, Lucas, Scott, Glenn, James and Jason. I love you very, very much. And I couldn't do this without you. And I hope you enjoyed this crazy list of New Zealand big things. Um, next week's episode will probably be a glitter episode. I've got a lot to talk out about in the way of RPG. So if you're not an RPG fan, sorry about that. But I've got lots of questions for you out there that are listening. And I really need your feedback on a bunch of stuff. So I'm really looking forward to getting um, people's responses to that. If you're enjoying listening to Jules from NZ, please give the show a review on your platform of choice. It all helps. Or just reach out to me and tell me about how you're enjoying it. You can either use the Anchor app to send me a voice message, which I will feature on my Glitter episodes. Um, or you can just reach out on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook, um, where all of my all of my things are J-U-L-Z-B-U-R-G-I-S-S-E-R. That's Jules Bergeser. And actually, if you want to email me, that's just like julesbergeser at gmail.com. So if that's a way that you prefer to get hold of me, you can do that too. Uh, so without any further ado, I'm going to get out of here. Enohora, kakite ano, ki akaha, and stay home as much as you can. 
I mean, it's level two now, so you can kind of go out, but still stay home, you know, and stay safe and look after yourself because, you know, I care about you. I just want you to know that. I really do. Thanks for listening.